0: that property grows by 5% per year, right? And you're putting 10% in, well guess what? On growth, you're getting 50% ROI, aren't you? Cash on cash, right? So I was like, is this for real? (laughs) So what I did was I projected out and I thought, okay, in 12 years time, I'm gonna be a billionaire.
1: (laughs) This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taran Shum and in this episode, we're back with financial advisor and founder of Plentitude Wealth, Andrew David Courtney. He takes us behind the scenes of his 10-year plan to financial freedom, plus tells us why stepping inside the mind of an NBA legend will radically change the way you look at your business. Despite being an advisor by trade, Courtney puts his money where his mouth is. His experience the ups and downs of investing for himself, so clients don't have to.
0: The first investment that we made, it was a it was a good short term investment, but long term it didn't appreciate in value that much, right? So so essentially because it was a one bedder, it was a 56 square meter. Lucky I didn't buy under 50 square meters, right? One bedroom apartment in a 96 um, apartment block, basically. Right. So, so very, very low land content. So that was a big, big lesson for me because like I would have kept it by now. Right. I sold it, sold it off a few years ago because it just wasn't performing and I I needed my borrowing capacity to ensure that we keep, we keep moving forward with confidence. Right. So, so in terms of worse investment, that was it, but I don't really see it as a worse investment because the lessons that we got out of that and it allowed us to propel into the next um, chapter, right, to acquire our, our next home, basically. Right. So so essentially, that's pretty much it. I think I think that's the big lesson.
1: Looking back on his first property purchase, Corney can even pinpoint the reasoning behind it.
0: Affordability for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, we went to the bank. What can we borrow? This is how much you can borrow. Off we go. Yeah. So, so affordability. We got in, and and essentially, as soon as my wife, so my wife's friend, she we had a a long distance relationship for a little while there. She moved over here, find, found her first job. We combined forces and bought our first home, basically first first house, I should say, right. And and then from there, didn't really look back. So worst house in the, in a good street, right? Great suburb. We renovated it. Um, pulled out equity, acquired another property and, and off we went basically from there.
1: Courtney's current property portfolio uses all the investment techniques he's picked up along the way.
0: Well, currently we only have two, right? So this this financial year is the first financial year where we're we're quite profitable when it comes to the business. So for next financial year, we're looking to a, so that, that third property that we picked up has got development potential. So we picked that up in 2011, right? So it's appreciated, it's more than doubled in value now We're we're just about to pull some equity out, reinvest back into the development, and then build out two more properties behind it, basically. That will be cash flow positive, plenty of equity, go again, essentially. So it's a Marsden property. Um, We picked it up back in 2011, and we knew at that time, so we we did a few renovations at the time. We did a reno for our current home, um, and we did, no, no, one reno at the time. And we added about 170K worth of upside. We, we we put in about 50K worth of reno and we had 170K worth of upside. We pulled out about, I think it was about 70K. And then from that 70K, we plowed that into this other one. And we knew we wanted a renovator. Right? So as far as I'm concerned, like there, there are four key strategies in residential properties. It's buy and hold, buy, renovate and hold, buy, develop and hold, buy, renovate, develop and hold. Right, so essentially we wanted a renovate, develop, and hold deal. Right, so we picked this one up for for 300k back in 2011 um, in Marsden. It had a 1500 meter block. Right, and and essentially we looked at we looked at um, the council, the zoning, and all that kind of jazz. Made sure that we could develop right and it was a bit of a crapper to be honest it needed a, it needed good renovation so what we did was we negotiated access prior to settlement this is one of the common strategies that we do for our clients right access prior to settlement to renovate and make better right because there were a few holes in the wall obviously a bad tenant previously right And the in the owner just wanted to get rid of it so we picked it up we had access for three weeks prior to settlement and we renovated the whole thing settled put a tenant in there bang done so we increased the we increased the rent by about fifty bucks, right per week, right. So so we automatically got it got our cash back. We plowed in fifteen k on the Renault, and it valued thirty k above. Right. This is day one, right, of uh, of acquiring it. So we knew we had a good one, right, and we knew we had the option or the lever to pull um, the development in the near future, right. And during that time, um, we knew that it was only a matter of time until we we develop it right so so really that's when that was when I was transitioning from science into finance basically working out what the story was so so we didn't develop sooner purely because the the idea was a career change the idea was to chase after freedom more right and and to do that it was to go down the path of building a business right and a successful one at that and then and then build enough enterprise um, growth right value so that we can go ahead and um, keep acquiring properties along with building businesses as well.
1: For all investors, especially in property, there are moments where everything becomes clearer. Clarity can appear from out of the blue. For Courtney, it took one lazy night on the couch for everything to click. The biggest
0: one was the, the fact that you can leverage up basically that was that was the biggest one back in 2008 when i first realized this i was in a so we bought that first property right one better one bath i was thinking let's plow in as much money into into the offset account and save myself two bucks for every thousand dollars two bucks per week for every thousand dollars that i put in there i'm gonna i'm gonna save so much money <laughs> to save on interest right so at, at that time i was thinking okay this is the strategy and then and then i came across um a particular dvd right? And, and that DVD showed the power of leverage, right? And I remember, I can't remember the exact name of that one, of the person there. But in the end of the day, he talked about putting in as little as 5% deposit, gaining control rather than ownership, right? So during that time, I was like, okay, this is different. Okay, let me, let me run the numbers. So obviously, I'm very analytical, right? So I ran the numbers and I thought, wow, okay, you're putting in maybe 10% max, to control the upside of the property. And if that property grows by 5% per year, right? And you're putting 10% in, well, guess what? On growth, you're getting 50% ROI, aren't you? Cash on cash, right? So I was like, is this for real? So, what I did was I projected out and I thought, okay, in 12 years time, I'm going to be a billionaire (laughs) because I was projecting out 10, 15% growth per year at that juncture, right? So, very excited at that time. So, that was the aha moment. I was like, okay, well, how do I leverage up? How do I ensure that I buy the right property first and foremost, right? And make sure that it's research backed, right? And make sure that you're buying well, right? Because a lot of people fall for that trap, obviously, right? thinking that every property is the same. But yeah, the aha moment is the leverage play, right? And amplifying the return on investment with good debt. Right? That was the aha moment.
1: If you have truly good news, there is an overwhelming need to share it. For Courtney, this means exclusively sharing with listeners real life-changing stories.
0: Quick case study, you've got a you've got a client who so so who didn't D- didn't know how to get into get into property, right? So so I talked to them. Okay, got, they got plenty plenty of savings, right? So this is back in two thousand and nineteen. I thought, okay, this is this is what you can do. Twenty percent deposit, right? You've got more than enough for that. You don't need to do much more. They're, like these guys had nine hundred grand in the bank. Professionals, they were really just. Uh, you know, struggling to, to take the next step. So they had a bunch of, or not 900 grand in the bank, they had 900 grand in gold, believe it or not, right? So, so essentially, and, and they, had about, they had about 200 grand in the bank. And, and I was telling them, you know what, what you can do is you can, you can actually acquire a property with debt, right? And it's not really going to cost you that much. So what's your rent, right? So they told me they were paying about 600 per week. And I said, well, if you look at it from a perspective of principal and interest payments, you're, you're capable of borrowing $800,000 equivalent to $600 per week. And they're like, whoa, really? I'm like, yeah, that's how, that's how it works. And then and then I talked them through and, and I said, you don't have to put in a 50% deposit, guys. It's fine, right? you got enough cash, just put in 20%, see what happens. So what we did was we helped them negotiate a particular property and we bought this property under market by at least 200 grand for them. And believe it or not, it was on our street. <laughs> so so they acquired this property for 900, right? One year later, guess what the valuation came back at 1.3 mil right? And they still had 900 grand in gold. So I started talking to them, well why don't we look at why don't we look at a different property right? why don't we why don't we acquire a different one because we can make your money work for you so we started diversifying their portfolio across different asset classes as well because you obviously don't want to put all your eggs in one basket and then the next property that we looked at acquiring is a property in Toowoomba right so we acquired this property in Toowoomba we bought it for 395 the valuation came back at 440 right so so the key is to buy under median it's really as simple as that under median now it, 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 we bought it at three ninety five because it was a it was a, a bit of a crapper, unfortunately, right? So so there was a a family there, a old person living there for quite some time, needed to go to retirement, lived there for thirty years, vinyl flooring, ugly paint walls, all of that kind of stuff. So so we facilitated the the renovation, and it's costing them twelve grand to rip up the floor, new painting, new kitchen, right? And we've got this four-bedroom house right now. I would say if we were to sell it in the market, we'd get 460, 470 for it. Easy, right? So now they've pulled out, they've, they've acquired a property, it's grown. So the first property is grown by four hundred grand. The second property, it's grown by 70 grand upon settlement. Or no, 70, sixty grand upon two months, one month after settlement, right? And they're thinking them to themselves, well, of course we're gonna go again, right? It doesn't make sense not to, right? As they divest out of gold, but also getting them a diversified return on investment
1: around that 14% mark. One thing that separates Courtney from others is he doesn't stop there. He believes the growth process should be used on more than just money.
0: So they're doing really well for themselves and they start to see, holy crap, we're not actually stuck here. We're in a really powerful position. Right? We work out their cash flows, we make sure we automate a few things, so suddenly we dollar cost averaging in a diversified portfolio, we're building up their equities in their property portfolio, we're helping them with their debt strategy, we're doing some debt wash, so we're just about to do a debt wash with their current um, principal place of residence, and then the question is, well, how much risk are you willing to take, right? Because in the end of the day, they're in a really powerful position, so they can go hard and pull out a bunch of equity and go up to 80% loan to valuation in their principal place of residence as an investment loan right and go again maybe acquire two or three more properties right or just just do it one step at a time acquire one property every one or two years right and they're going down that path because they just want to see more results right build momentum build confidence see more results and then and then now we're talking about acquiring a you know, discretionary trust right because it makes sense right the children are starting to get older right as they get older you can start distributing income towards the children Right? And potentially, when they sell, obviously with different rules with the taxes, we need to make sure that that's right, right? To distribute capital gains towards children, right? So the next, I mean, as you as you could probably tell, the next venture that we'll be looking to to start in terms of the business is definitely going to be accounting, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent, because you know it's all about providing our clients the most seamless experience as possible, right? So let's not forget, so there's the superannuation piece, you got to get that right. So, so we build a portfolio that's outperforming by 2% against all the majority of industry super funds, right? Right, over the long term. So that's obviously going to be a big, big, big difference, right? So we look at the different strategies within the financial planning context, we look at the different strategies within the, within the finance strategy context, Right? And then we look at the buyer's agency piece and build out their property portfolio as strategically as possible to get as high cash on cash return on the equity that they've got, control the upside, and basically minimize the downside risk. And hey, presto, you've got a, a really solid, optimized portfolio, optimized for growth, right? And then it, it becomes unstoppable, mate.
1: Coming up after the break, Andrew David Courtney talks about the one percenters that can have huge impact.
0: here is is in between your ears, you know, you don't have to fear things. Just understand what, what's the worst case scenario and really define it because far too many people talk about it broadly without really defining it.
1: The most common mistakes as a first time investor and importantly, how to avoid them.
0: Far too many people jump in, take step five when they haven't even taken step one, two and three yet.
1: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey there! Over the years, I've built up a portfolio of properties and it's been great to see capital growth but the challenge I face is the passive income has been quite poor providing a net return of 3-4% per annum. I'd have to buy at least 10 properties or more to generate $100,000 per year. Now if I had the cash to buy these outright, which I didn't, then i need the help of banks and as they wouldn't lend me more, I was stuck. This is when I started looking into alternative investments where I could use my equity and cash to generate 25 to 30% per annum returns and fast track my passive income goal. In a short space of 2 years. I've been able to achieve this goal and have tripled my passive income instead. Now if you want to learn more on how I did this, SMS me your name and email address on 04 88 88 31 32 and I'll send you a free report explaining how I did it. So why does Courtney use his knowledge to help others? He could very easily keep the tools to himself. The reason is it hits close to home.
0: Well, look, as I was sharing earlier, like I I wasn't well-to-do, my family's not well-to-do financially, right? So, So I knew I needed to get out to get my freedom, right? To get my freedom and flexibility, which is what life is all about for me, right? So my biggest why is helping as many people to do that, right? And how we do that is through educating people. So we're pumping out a bunch of content, right? And the idea, and one of the big missions in the company in Plenitude is to educate 1 million people before we get to uh, 10 years in business, right? So we're now almost in six six years, right? Where We're about 70,000 in. So we need some help, right? So, so as far as I'm concerned, my goal is to build out our, our team doing the same stuff, right? Doing more podcasts like this, making sure that we spread the word, making sure that People understand that there is financial education out there. It's it's time to get financially literate and understand your real options rather than what the government's telling you. Because I can tell you right now, sixty thousand dollars in retirement is nowhere near enough. <laughs> yeah, and the government's telling telling people that that's enough. I mean, what is this? This is just it's it's complete it's complete bullcrap, really. You know. So so what we need to do is we want to need to get that right. And and the biggest why is increasing financial literacy across the board. Our board.
1: Remember at the start of this episode, when I spoke about basketball and business? Don't take my word for it. Take Courtney's.
0: Look, one of the things, um, what I'd love for the audience to have a look at is type in Kobe Bryant Valuetainment. <laughs> type that in and get your mind blown about the mentality that you need to achieve success a greatness in your endeavors. right? One of the biggest things that really struck me with that one, you've obviously seen that that interview. Um, one, is, one of the biggest lessons that I got from that one was Kobe Bryant, obviously, one of the best um, basketball players ever, right? He, he said he treats the world as his library to solve every problem that he's currently facing, right? So that's that was the biggest thing. And, and as soon as I heard that, I was like, that's exactly what I've been doing for the past 10 years in my life, right? This is the way to do it, right? You've got so many people who have written a ton of books. You've got people like yourselves making a ton of content to actually lift people up. So all you need to do is work out what problem you are trying to solve, right? There are a bunch of books out there, so you may as well stand on the shoulders of giants, right? It doesn't make sense to reinvent the wheel, right? So there's this particular psychological um, concept called the zone of proximal development, right? There's only so much you can achieve as a person, right? So this is so much, this is what you can achieve as a person. But if your goal's out here, right, it's going to be very difficult for you to do that because you need to stretch out what you can achieve. Now, there's only so much stretching you can do, right? So what you need to do to get to these kinds of targets is you need to get the right people in your team, right? You need to get the right coaches, consultants, right? The right team members to allow you to expand the output that you are capable of doing. Right? So as soon as I learned that, I was like, wow, yes, that's exactly what I need to do, right? And, and ultimately, we've gotten to where we are because we've gotten the right consultants, the right teachers, the right mentors at the exact time that we needed it, right? So what I suggest your audience do is have a think about, well, who, who are the players in my team, right? And who's the, next, who's the next one that we need in there to get us to the next level, right? Because there are levels to this game. And if you get the right people behind you, it's amazing what you can achieve within one to two years, right? Let alone fifteen.
1: Just like Kobe, Courtney doesn't leave anything to chance. If it needs doing, it will get done.
0: Look, I think uh, yeah, it's definitely not luck. I can guarantee you that much. <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely hard work. It's an obsession. Uh, yeah, I, I boil it down to what Kobe said, right? If you can, if you can solve a problem. Solve your problems with uh, solve, solve for for point B with one problem at a time, right? And use the world as your resource, as your library, right? It's amazing how many problems you can solve and how much momentum you can build, right? So so that curiosity piece is important. Coming from a place of abundance is important, and really throwing yourself in the deep end, and and understanding it from first principles is crucial, right? Far too many people jump in, take step five when they haven't even taken step one, two, and three yet. Right. So you make sure you surround yourself with the right people and, and 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 build up towards the goals that you're heading towards. Right. Far too many people aim for luck. You don't want to be hoping for anything. You want to plan things out and pivot if it doesn't work out.
1: Courtney's own library of life has provided some powerful lessons.
0: The fear factor is is really is one of those one of those things that you decide you decide what you fear the most. Right. I mean, back to my original story of coming from the Philippines. I've come from nothing. You know, I will easily go back to nothing, easily, right? And I will build up a hell of a lot faster because of the lessons along the way, right? So if you've got that kind of growth mentality and a mentality of abundance, right, I think that's that's the key. If you're if you're grateful for what you have, right, and you understand how you got to where you are, you learnt your lessons along the way, and you come from a from an abundant mentality rather than a scarcity mentality right? You know you can get it back. Therefore, what's the worst case scenario? You know? What's the worst case scenario? You're living in Australia. Worst case scenario, you live in Australia, you move to a low socioeconomic environment, you rebuild in a three to five year period. That's the worst case scenario for me, right? That's nothing. (laughs) That's comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the thing, people need to toughen up their mind. We need to build calluses in our minds, right? And one of the key things that I do to help build those calluses is put myself in really uncomfortable situations, you know. And one of the key things that I've, I've learned over the past few years is you can fast. You can fa- Like I fasted for 26 days straight. No food, just water. Just water, right? And I put myself in a position where I was in agony. Right? And I know, I know what the depths, what the depths of hell feels like, <laughs> right? So all of this stuff is nothing. It's nothing really, all of the fears, it's it's nothing. You'll be fine, you'll be fine, just push through. You know, it's all good. <laughs> Find someone who's done it before, make it happen. You know, Fear is in between your ears, you know. You don't have to fear things. You just understand what, what's the worst case scenario and really define it. Because far too many people talk about it broadly without really defining it. As soon as you define it, then you can start risk mitigating against every single line item that you come up with, right? because people make a big monster out of it when the fact of the matter is, they're only little little thoughts, right? So what I suggest people do is if any fear comes up, what you need to do is define exactly what the worst case scenarios are and all of the little bits and pieces because far too many people blow it up to be something huge, but it's not.
1: The Courtney of today wouldn't be the man he is without countless past mistakes. But looking back, there are a few things he wish he knew.
0: I was just transitioning from science into finance, I would, I would say, I would, I would tell, um, I would, I would give them some, uh, some stock tips. <laughs> I'd definitely share. I would, I would definitely share the, the story of Amazon. I'd talk about Elon and Tesla for sure. Right, I would definitely drop the crypto, the crypto, um, crypto gem um, on that person. I'd be telling them, "Go all in, mate. Let's make it happen." <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, get a get a cash out loan, load up, load up, and uh, and wait and see what happens, mate. That's, that's the fi- on the finance side. Keep doing what you're doing, right. Get help sooner, right. Stop being a hero. Stop doing everything yourself, right. Because there's only so much you can do. One person can do. So if you get the right team behind you. You can move a hell of a lot faster, right? And always, always, always stay curious, right? I'm a a very curious individual, so so make sure I keep that going, and then and then um, make sure you take care of your health.
1: Property investing can unlock so much more than extra profits. In Courtney's own life, it's even allowed him to protect those he loves. I guess the most
0: recent recent thing that we've done is we've we've taken on my parents and my my wife's mum um, to to help take care of them basically. So they live they live in our house, right? And and um, we've got three kids as well. I'm hoping for a fourth. So back to the abundant mentality thing. <laughs> got three girls. So I'm hoping for a boy. Fingers crossed for a boy, mate. We'll see how we go. I'll take I'll take four girls though. Don't get me wrong, four but four is enough. Four is enough for me because I, I grew up in a four four kid household. Um, so back to the, back to the question, mate. Yeah, helping my parents currently. Um, they were they were li- they were living in an area in the Gold Coast that's not the best area, right? Re- living literally fifty meters away from a major highway, right? Major freeway, and we just realised in the past few months that my mum was be, was having lung issues, right? And she couldn't get over this cough that she's had. She's had an infection in her lungs, right? She couldn't get over it. And then we never never understood how she got to that stage until such a time where we moved her over here and where we live. We live on an island, right? We live on an island called Coochie Mudlow Island here in, here in Brisbane, right? We took her on, suddenly she started, she stopped coughing, right? Right. and then we realized damn it must have been the pollution so i put two and two together and i said well you're you're surrounded by cars you know maybe not surrounded but you're you're right next to the bloody freeway you know so so it makes sense that you're not you're not healing properly right so we brought them on and and essentially now they've lost a ton of weight they're looking really healthy right they're spending a bunch of time with their grandchildren which is awesome right and and all in all, mate, like it's a it's a massive change to their lifestyle. So so that's 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 one of the big things. And and, and ultimately, I want to pay it back. I want to make sure that 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 decision that they made from the front end, like back in nineteen ninety five, when they decided to sell everything in the Philippines, um, you know, would be paid back.
1: So what's next for him?
0: Look, apart from uh, growing my family and getting that boy or girl, I'll take I'll take whatever, <laughs> whatever comes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's building my team, building building the team, creating a training program for future advisors in the future, um, touching as many people's lives as possible, and and making a big difference. Now, one of the things that I didn't I didn't um, share earlier is, so I'm I'm also a treasurer for a not-for-profit called Alive, which is a youth suicide prevention program. Right. So so what I always share with my clients is my goal is to get you to your financial goals fast enough. And during that journey, right, we plant the seed of philanthropy, right? Because without St. Vincent's Paul, we wouldn't be where, where we are today, right? My mom, my, my family would have, would have starved, right at that in fr- 1995. So I want to make sure we pass that on. We want to, we want to create that, that kind of philanthropic drive, right? So, so what am I excited about? Really making a mark. Creating, creating that education, building a better education system, financial education system for people, right? Creating a philanthropic drive in the community so that we can help more people who are in need, right? And, and, and really helping build my team and help them achieve their version of financial freedom, right? Because it's not all about me, it's about what kind of a impact you can make in other people's lives, right? So that's what drives me moving forward.
1: Thank you to Andrew David Courtney, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you love the show and you're a wholesale investor wanting to learn more about how I got started in alternative investments where I've been able to use my equity and cash to generate 25-30% to 30% per annum returns to fast track my passive income goal, then SMS me your name and email address on 4 88 88 31 32 32. To register your interest. Now, in a short space of two years, I've been able to achieve my goal and have tripled my passive income. To find out how, SMS me your name and email address on 04 88 88 31 32.